Welcome to the Overreact Podcast. In a society that puts women in a box. Let's overreact. Let's overreact, ladies. It's your host, Monica Mahoya. It's your host, Angela Wamboy. And it's your host, Lush Angela. Common barriers that affect women getting into leadership positions concern aspects around structural barriers, this being the lack of access to important informal networks. Then there's institutional mindsets, such as gender biases or stereotypes. And on the flip side, one's individual mindsets that will hinder one's progress. This could be something as simple as lack of self-belief, or other external factors that may delay one's progress. For instance, being a primary caregiver for one's family, which can lead to one focusing on a specific career path as a result. So with that being said, we must celebrate the women who, despite so many barriers in their life, find themselves at the top. And today, today we are overreacting to a woman overcoming barriers of leadership. And it's an honor to have Koi Bogwa, who's a good friend of mine, and whom this year was appointed the role of general manager for Uber Eats Kenya. Congratulations. Congratulations. Get your flowers. Flowers, flowers, flowers. (laughs) But firstly, tell us something interesting about yourself um fun introduce yourself what what do we need to know about you okay so hi everyone hi overreact listeners from around the world (laughs) yes um yeah my name is koi which is short for wangoi um i'm 31 something cool interesting about me is uh, when i was a kid i actually used to competitively swim um i do not do that anymore it's more of like yoga boxing whatever i can get my hands on but definitely not the swimming um but i really miss it oh okay well find a way to make time for it hopefully (laughs) what would be your definition because we're talking about women in leadership Mm. in this season and that's the reason why you get um to be here with us um what is your definition of leadership and maybe women in leadership as well Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, When I think about leadership, first of all, I think everybody is in a position to be a leader, no matter their role. And I think about it as service and guidance in action. Um, When you're a leader, a lot of people think it's about you dictating uh, in many ways, or some people actually, not many people. Um, But I really believe it's about how are you providing service uh, to your team, to the people that you're leading? How are you guiding them, these full adults with full lives who most of the time know exactly what they're doing or what they're supposed to be doing how are you guiding them and then how are you being active throughout that journey uh that's how i think about leadership and for women in particular uh i think whatever your unique skill set is whatever uh you're bringing to the table just living your authentic self and bringing your authentic self um is more important now than ever before Uh, I think there was a world where you had to look a certain type of way to be perceived as a leader or uh, to be given the authority of a leader. I I don't think that's the case anymore. So I think living in your authentic truth, but then also serving and guiding others um, in an active way is sort of how I would encapsulate it all. I love that. Incredible. I love it. Um, So let me take you back. Uh, When we were growing up, our parents had um, this notion, it's either you become a lawyer, a doctor, a pilot, uh, all those things. Architect Uh, made it. Yeah, yeah, to the (laughs) list, an accountant. But unfortunately, we have seen trends. Uh, People are, for example, I did ICT. I talk about periods. She did teaching. We talk about, you know, periods. She did um, uh, biology and advertisement. Uh, She's a 
a fashion entrepreneur and a, a, a media personality. Um, so uh, we're seeing that trend change and so many people, they're not working, um, you know, in the field they studied. So we understand that you did law and you don't yes. practice. Yes. And here you are, you're, you know, a general manager at... Um, Uber Eats. Talk to us. Uh, how did you transition? Uh, how did you end up being a GM at yeah. Uber Eats and how that journey of, um, you know, coming to, you know, together with yourself to yeah. say, oh, I cannot practice law yeah. and this is what I want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting question. I think if you'd asked me when I was studying law, I definitely was like corporate commercial lawyer working in, you know, the top law firms around the world. I mean, maybe who knows one day. I mean, you can have 10 lives. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in one lifetime but I think for me uh, or how I view learning or how my perspective on learning changed uh, is you go to university and school in general I don't even think uni is a must um, to learn but also to learn how to learn which is sort of convoluted and like a box in a box but what I mean is if you can use your education as an opportunity to learn how to problem solve and how to think through problems so just learning how to think and learning how to solve like those are the fundamentals so I don't think necessarily it matters the course that you do going forward I think from there like the problems you want to solve and the things you want to think about cool it can be legal it can be fashion it can be advertising but I think the objective when you're in that space is learning how to think through problems and learning how to solve. Then I think your skills are super transferable. Uh, And so for me, my personal journey was uh, I studied corporate commercial law in Manchester, actually. Even did my master's, guys. I was so committed. Uh, (laughs) I even did a stint in Singapore. You know, I was like learning. I was all about the law. Um, And then I moved back home and I practiced for a year, actually, um, at Bowman's, which was really lovely. And I really loved the team there. But I felt at the time that law sort of gave me a bird's eye view over a company or problems. But I really wanted to be inside and figure out the problems from the inside out and really unpack them and learn about like the cogs and the wheels that move a business. Um, So I shifted over to management consulting uh, at McKinsey, which was fantastic. That's where I did four years. That was a fantastic stint in how to problem solve and how to think through problems. And I worked across the continent. So that became really exciting. Um, And one of the tools that we kept leveraging uh, throughout like, you know, the different um, consulting pieces was tech. Um, And so tech was also then really sexy. And that's what I... I'm saying I think you don't necessarily have to be stuck in your one journey as long as you're using the opportunity to like learn and solve and grow and then the problems get interesting and from there I think you could evolve to anything I may not be done I may go somewhere else from tech who knows but uh for now I'm really enjoying the space I love what you said uh we learn as long as you have that curiosity mindset uh you always um you know have the the capacity to think and problem so I think that's that's very incredible um you know like you said everyone is talking about women in tech women in tech I think those are amazing targets as long as you can learn as long as you can think uh as long as you can solve problems so drop three nuggets for someone who's listening to you uh you know you have um experience in the uk uh singapore did you have to go to the advocacy training program in kenya to practice I did the one in the uk uh-huh. which is LPC. okay when it came time to do the one in kenya i segued to consulting so i kind of escaped KSL ah, for all the great. lawyers who are listening and that's important <laughs> because that's, i think i have so many people who have uh gone through that training and uh the first goal 
fail, the second yeah. goal fail. I'm like, ah, no, yeah. I'm done. I'm not doing that <laughs> thing. I think it's re- very important that you got an alternative route. Uh, so talk to us or tell us, um, tell our listeners, um, like, you know, that edge that you had, uh, the tips that you have used to sort of um, uh, rise on your career later. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, overreactors. Are they called overreactors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You just gave them a name. I gave them a name, mm-hmm. overreactors, like the beehive. Um, yeah. uh, three tips. I think the first one is something you've already mentioned, which is stay curious. Like, try and get your hands on as much opportunity as you can and use each opportunity to really learn. I think the second is learn from everyone. I think a lot of people have hierarchy in terms of who they take more seriously or who they're going to learn from more and the hierarchy is not necessarily a bad thing it could be people that are closer to your industry people that are closer to you in age uh, or people you look up to but I think learning from everyone and giving everyone an equal opportunity to teach you something has been really pivotal to me that's how I learned how to code from my brother you know or you know my small brother who's teaching me how to cook sometimes (laughs) because he's really into cooking I mean just my point is learn from everyone I'm curious mindset what would a third one be uh i would say and and probably a cliche is don't don't doubt yourself like like really take the opportunity even if you're half prepared there's so many successful people in life that have tried things they were 25 percent prepared for the least experienced in and just that the fact that they were willing to try and put themselves out there uh, regardless of consequences their learning journey is so much more accelerated than the person who didn't try but they're successful throughout you know you only try at the things you're really really good at and you're really really sure of and i think this is even more important for women i mean the old adage goes if a job description has 10 things for you to qualify for uh if a woman's qualified for 12 she's still double checking Uh if a man's qualified for three he's like perfect i'm in i have a chance i could go um and i think just having that approach to your own life even when you're told you know come in for a podcast and you're not super comfortable or familiar with it like just take the opportunity and you learn more as a result yeah I love that just step out on faith just go for it yeah get out of your way (laughs) get out of your way exactly um so I have another question for you so as we grow in various aspects of our lives um we may find out that we identify with some role models whose journey of life is worth emulating um, who would you say has been your role model that you've admired and why? Yeah, it's a great question. One that's always asked, I think, <laughs> in terms of like who's inspired you. Uh, I think for, for me, I've had many. Um, one thing I'll say before I go into the who's is I think you can have role models at different stages in your lives and that's okay. Maybe they're the people closest to you. Maybe they're people who have a similar journey to you at the moment and that can change. Uh, doesn't mean that the lessons you took from them are invalid. Uh, so for me, definitely kicking off with my parents. They were super inspirational. Um, whether it was like my dad's like grit and tenacity when it came to like work, or my mom's leadership and like quiet leadership which is really I think I appreciate more now that I'm older um or even if it's you know later in life I was really into Michelle Obama I read her book really like uh identified with so many aspects of it especially like leaving the cushy law job to become you know to be in the trenches (laughs) um and I think she was great because she was like consistent and an influencer in the way that influencing isn't really talked about as much uh 
quite influencing um, and I thought like she she's been a big role model for me among many other women and men across um, this country and also out there that's a really interesting category quiet leadership yeah. I think I put myself there <laughs> quiet leader um, so oftentimes uh, we celebrate our successes but we also need to normalize ce- celebrating our mistakes and our failures um, that we've experienced in life because they equally shape our journey and our path uh, what would you say are some of the mistakes and even failures that you feel played a key role in shaping who you are and getting you to the position that you're in right now Gosh, I think when you ask someone in tech, failure is a big part of the process or the learning journey, like fail and break things. Um, and that's how you figure things out. I personally have had so many failures. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, I think if you're a human being and you're trying, you're inevitably going to fail. But you learn the most in your failures or growth is when you're the most uncomfortable. Um so for me, some of the things I failed at is thinking you know everything when you don't have the full context or the full picture. So arriving at things full of ideas and full of solutions uh, and wondering, like, why haven't these people implemented all these things before mm. with their reasons? Um, so I think as I've gotten older is like really appreciating like the broader context of something. I think another mistake was what I alluded to earlier, getting in your own way. So not showing up for opportunities, either because you were scared of the commitment, time commitment, the workload, the pressure, the perception, or even, I guess, yourself and, and fear of failure. Uh, but failure is a really big part of the learning journey, like probably the most important and something I don't think our education systems necessarily celebrate. Like failure comes with horrible consequences and failure should actually be congratulated because you tried. And have you learned from why you failed? You're probably going to become better and more impactful with the next thing that you do because of that failure. I think we live a world where we are... Everybody is trained to be applauded. So you're applauded. You got good grades. Gold star. You did this. Oh, well done. You cleaned the dishes. Well done. But no one, no one applauds the challenges. And so a lot of people from like a mental health point of view struggle Mm. to deal with the challenges because they are not applauded to deal with frustrations. They're not applauded to fail. And so we do. And that is why we wanted to get your point of view of normalizing that conversation around failures. And so, you know, companies are now realizing that we're failing to include women. Yeah. And we're failing to build the bridge and uh, the gap around gender equality. We have this huge target of Vision mm-hmm. 2030. How are we going to bridge the gap? And maybe COVID got in the way a bit. In your your role as a general manager at Uber East Kenya, what does how is your company supporting you? And what are you doing to try and bridge the gap? Yeah, I think it's a super important conversation to have. And you should have it. And it should be in your face. I think meaningful initiatives look like making sure whenever you're interviewing for any role that there's at least one woman on the panel, like being really, really specific about the changes you want to make. Like my team personally is about 60% women unintentionally uh, for the boy child listeners. <laughs> did you find it that way or were you part no. of the solution? Uh, I did not find it that way. Um, but I also joined when there wasn't a lot of hiring happening. So I, I don't I don't necessarily say it was me by myself, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely think ensuring your interviewing panels consist of at least one woman to balance the narrative. Mm-hmm. I think a second thing you can do and that we do at Uber is try and avoid 
personality feedback for women. Women are always given personality feedback over developmental feedback. And you'll even notice if you ever do like an analysis on like feedback notes that are mm. given, like women's personality feedback is sky high. Mm. Um, I think also balancing uh, women's requests for promotion, career advancement, career opportunities, more pay, um, and being cognizant not to attach that to anyone's personality because women let me tell you the minute you're advocating for yourself extra hard there's a repercussion she's bossy she's demanding she's aggressive is she worth it <laughs> is she worth it and, and i don't think actually men have to answer those questions they you know do. they're just like i actually have been doing a stellar job and i need a 25 percent increase like yeah. you constantly have to prove yourself yeah. over and over exactly. again so yeah. uh what's your call for organizations like uh yours especially tech-based uh convenience and service uh providers uh their roles about uh, inclusion and gender. So, because we're seeing a lot of greenwashing with that word, uh, you know, we are all about pink inclusion. Pink, oh, that, <laughs> love it, love it, the pink washing. Um, what's your call for organizations, you know, who are very um, vocal? We are doing DEI, we are doing gender inclusion, we are doing da da da. Yeah. Like, we need to see it translated to the girl in the village. We need yeah. to trans, uh, that's translated uh, from the higher board to your hiring process. Like, what's your call on that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> spot. But I would say just commit to tangible initiatives, like something that you can measure. You can measure how many women have been on an interview panel. So commit to those things that are measurable. Because I think what people talk about is the themes, but they don't really go down to like, what's the actual execution plan? Mm -hmm. So the themes are, yes, we want more gender inclusion. So we will be having more conversations about women being in these roles, but conversations are not really measurable. Mm -hmm. Measurable Very is sure. how are you actually translating that and making it happen? Uh, the other piece is just be honest. Uh, where are you starting from? Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you've been a terrible organization to not have women represented. It's just a reflection of society. Uh, but now that you know where you are, um, where you headed to and how often are you checking in on those targets mm -hmm. with those tangible initiatives I've, I've spoken about? What would be, picking back on what Moise just asked you, what would be like your... Like, what's your vision board look like when it comes to women in leadership? What are the things that you hope to see in, as the year continues in the next five years? Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, one thing that's a really interesting statistic is actually at the junior levels, women are fairly well represented. It's about 50-50. I think as you get up to the senior levels, that's where it really drops off. The pyramid is sort of like this. Um, but also as women get older, and, and I think Angie was alluding to it earlier and have family commitments and, and the like, it drops off. So I think for me, my vision board would be... Uh, not just quantitative women leaders, but like qualitative, like in all different kinds of roles, the tech roles, the finance roles, the CFO roles, um, in as much as they're also in some of the other, you know, roles that are considered traditionally more feminine, well, inclusive or appropriate, um, but also workplace inclusive initiatives that make it um, easy for women to have families, easy for them to uh, have, you know, a break at home. So are we giving paternity leave across the board for men and women so that it's not two weeks for men? I know that's the statutory yes. minimum. <laughs> yeah. But if we could really like equalize some of those things, I think they do that quite well in the Nordic countries. You tend to see things like unpaid labor, which is 
happens at home and really goes unnoticed and unpaid. <laughs> it's called unpaid for a reason. <laughs> um, balances out a bit more so that women can also bring their full selves to work. Um, so yeah, for me, it's those two things. The kind of roles women have, but also the ability to be all of the kinds of women or women personalities you want to have, whether that's being... A, a mom to kids, a mom to plants, yeah. <laughs> mom to dogs. <laughs> I am a mom to plants. Yeah, a traveler, you know. A I mom to plants and a cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the soft life girls that want to be in Nice, Venice, Paris. Um, just soft living. Yeah, yeah, soft life, soft life girls. Yeah. Um, but that you can be all those things. Yeah. Uh, without it feeling difficult and comfortable or that you're being pigeonholed because you're, you've chosen those paths. You talked about how there's a lot more women represented represented in junior level, but there's it's it's you know the percentages drop down in C-suite levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are in a managerial position, and there's a uh, there's somebody an overreactor, yeah, <laughs> who's, who's listening. Um, what are the three tips um, now that you are you find yourself? As I had, and we talked about this off air, Uber Eats only exists in Kenya and South Africa. So, okay. so the, it's there's a lot more limelight on yeah. you. Um, what are the three things in that managerial role you wish you knew before you stepped into it that now you want to give that, yeah. you know, pass on that knowledge to your younger sister? To my younger sisters. <laughs> <laughs> my overreactors. Yes. And my younger brothers, I guess. Yes. For true. everyone. But I, I would say um, the first piece is relationships are everything. Um, so really building relationships and across the board, mm-hmm. every stakeholder counts, whether that's your team, your external partners, um, the people that you report into. That's probably the first thing. Uh, number two your EQ needs to be sky high. Like work Ooh, on your EQ. Wow. Your, your technical know-how, your technical knowledge can only get you through the door. Mm. But for you to sustain and be an impactful leader and a leader that people can look up to and appreciate, your EQ needs to be sky high. And that's whether you're dealing with partners and negotiations or you're dealing with your team members and how they want to uh, progress through their career whoever you're dealing with EQ needs to be sky high uh, the third for, for our listeners yeah. what does EQ sound for this ah, your right? emotional quotient you know because okay. IQ is intellectual quotient mm-hmm. that's the traditional metric uh, that people use to measure intelligence but actually for most leaders your EQ is really what takes you over the top so your IQ will get you through the door your EQ yeah. is really is where the meat is um, and in many ways I think a lot of women have High, high EQs. It's not celebrated as much in the junior levels. But guys, it, it's really, really an asset. So, like, I think people should not be afraid to have um, a considerate part to themselves or a part that thinks about others or is really able to read the room and read emotions. Um, yeah, and I would say the third thing is there's no role that's easy, guys. Um, you know, people think, like, you get to a leadership position and you're coasting, you're just... Mm-hmm. commands you know like guys give me this guys do this and yes there's a lot of technical work in the more junior roles but there is um still complexity in a leadership role it just looks different um maybe you're managing more more emotions more stakeholders bigger decisions to make mm-hmm. but there's no role that's easy and that's whether that's the leadership role or it's also the junior roles and that's why i said a leader i think can be anyone in any position i love it uh 
you were talking about the EQ. Is that what now is being called emotional intelligence? Because it's very also very important when you are a leader, you have to be empathetic in terms of how you handle, yeah, how you architect or create culture within an organization. And you were talking about, you know, being the manager, it comes with a lot of, you know, you know, like a lot of workload, a lot of dealing with different people. Um, I always ask people, uh, how do you sharpen the saw? Uh, this is from Steve Covey's uh, book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, because I think that's very important for a leader and someone who wants to uh, take on roles like yours. So how do you sharpen the saw and how do you not burn out? <laughs> Those are two very different questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on sharpening the saw that- I would say whatever position you're in, find an opportunity to be a leader in a project, an initiative, a task, um, and really do your best to own every aspect of it. Um, If you can act like an owner, not just an operator, I think that's how you sharpen your sword. Uh, Even when you're maybe not yet with the official title, you can unofficially be a leader. And actually, a lot of people don't know you are given the position that you've been practicing for so if you can be that leader already where you are then it's really likely that you would be the best fit or the best person for you know the role that you're aspiring for how do you not burn out i think really pertinent we guys we were in a pandemic or where i mean we still are in some ways uh where people were really scared Um, And so people were really working hard because work was a distraction. Work was the only thing you could do. Um, So there's a little bit of burnout, I think, across the board uh, for most people. And then there's definitely media burnout because you start off your year with like, I kick ass and do one, two, three amazing things. And you are on the journey and you you get into this lull around June, July. Um, How do I not burn out? I would say balance. Um, Balance. (laughs) <laughs> and whatever balance looks like to you and balance isn't perfect every day it doesn't mean every day you're working out having a smoothie meeting a girlfriend like having a conversation with your partner talking to your parents you can't uh, but balance looks different at different times but really try and pursue a holistic view of balance so you know Get in some physical activity. Love it. The big B's. Boundaries, breaks, and balance. Get some emotional (laughs) connections going. It doesn't have to be your partner. It can be your friends. It can be, you know, whoever. Um... And, and learn how to really switch off and whether that involves you thrusting yourself into another activity, thrusting yourself into a social situation, but really try and switch off. Uh, you are not at your best when you're burnt out. You will take one hour to do the thing that would have taken you 15 minutes. So overall, you're actually losing time, productivity and probably money. Uh, so it actually, there is a cost benefit to taking a break. Uh, Hoy with all the nuggets. Hoy, thank you so, so much uh, for overreacting with us today. It's been great having you as a guest on our show. Um, and you definitely have been, you know, representing women in the corporate world, tech lead company. Um, and we, at the end of the show, we always do something where we ask people, if you had a billboard, a huge billboard right here on the main road, um, what would be your message to other young women, um, you know, young and old that want to be like you and walk in your footsteps? You can't be like me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're the only you. Um, I would probably just say that. You're the only you. So don't compare. Don't compete. Like really, really work on building yourself within your own lane and you'll stand out regardless. There is no perfect version of a, of a woman. There's no perfect version of a woman in corporate. Um, you're your only 
I love that. Wow. I love that. You have been listening to the Overreact uh, <laughs> podcast, which is a space where we openly ask um, the tough questions and have had conversations to trigger change. A special thanks to Kofisi9, uh, who, ha- who have been so generous to give us a space uh, where the recording takes place. And it's a space we recommend for content creators who want to record their own podcasts as well and video content too. So come and check it out. And you can listen to this very um, podcast tomorrow as it drops digitally across all social media media uh, or other podcast platforms that will be Spotify, Google, Anchor and Apple at uh, Sister Speaks Global Pages and then on SoundCloud on Capital FM and then live it drops on Monday at 10.30 p.m. EAT and 98.4 Capital FM. Yes. <laughs> Interact and follow us at Sister Speaks 254 on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You've been listening to your host Angela Wamboy and I like Koi said yeah. make sure that you you know you pick the diamonds that are already in your backyard get advice from those that surround you amazing <laughs> always be 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 curious read read yeah, curious. Learn, learn. yeah thank you koi <clears throat> you've been listening to lush angela and i think i'll just reiterate what koi said is that be your own you because you have you're the only one with your own fingerprints and we need to remember that so ladies let's, let's overreact, overreact. <laughs>